Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. read Peyton Jones more than I read Francis Chan. Welcome to the Church Planner Podcast, everybody. Hey, welcome. I'm just saying, reaching the unreached. Cha-ching! I'm just saying that uh, you sound really down and depressed compared to my upbeat and happiness. What's up? Yeah, man, I just traveled. I got back from uh, Exponential Boise. Boise, Boise to Men Conference. Boise to Men. That's what they should call it. (laughs) That's a shout out to uh, Ruben Young, who, of course, said that's what the uh, conference ought to be named. And as uh, soon as that went he, up, he on said Facebook, it should be named Boise to Men. Boise to Men. Yeah, it was the exponential Boise Regional, first ever. And uh, one of my new breed guys hosted that. And uh, oh, Robert? Do you remember Robert Frazier? Yeah, I was going to say, was it Robert? Was, yeah, it was. Nice. And uh, so he he went ahead and hosted it, and uh, it was good, man. Had you know what's funny to me turnout. about Robert is Robert is like a uh, an incredibly smart financial guy, and he's not in the financial business that I know oh, of. Oh, really? Yeah, no, you're right. No, no I mean, like, good. he writes articles on, or, well, he doesn't write the articles, but he gets quoted on Forbes for, like, his insight. Are on, you serious? Yes. He's a smart dude. And I'm like, dude, man, it's funny to me because it's like he's a church planner, and I know he's not doing this, but like he's totally up on the markets. Like I was a financial planner. I knew how to sell this stuff. He's more like a financial analyst. He knows what's going to go up and what's going to go down. Everyone thinks financial right. planners know that. No, we don't. We don't even care about that. We're like, no, we sell. And we let someone else like a Robert actually do that stuff. And Robert right. is just like incredibly like well versed he knows what's going on it's it's amazing to me 
He can plant churches. He can rebuild his own house. He can uh, organize um, church planting conferences. He's kind of a stud. Yeah. Well, what's funny is I know you don't keep up on this stuff, <laughs> but um, Lyft recently had their IPO. and I don't even know what that is. Uh, you know what Uber is? I don't know what an IPO is. Initial public offering. They went public. Oh. Do, you, do you know what going public means? Yes. Where okay. you, sell, you, you make stock options for people and they can buy it and own part of your... Yeah. I see the commercial where the guy's mowing his lawn. He's like, actually, if you do this, that's a fantastic commercial, by the way. I don't watch commercials, so I have no idea. <laughs> well, Go okay, on. so Lyft did their IPO <clears throat> actually just a few days ago. And uh, like starting day two, and I, I don't know what it is today, but day two, the stock was trading at significantly less than what the IPO was. That means everyone who bought in is already losing money <laughs> if they didn't hurry up and turn around and sell like within the first five minutes of it being public, which is not good. I mean, that's not good at all, right? And what's funny is Robert was quoted in a Forbes article and he goes, no, these this, these don't make any sense. Uber and Lyft don't make any sense. They're not making money. And he goes, and what happens when they finally get autonomous cars down? Uber and Lyft are waiting for that. But the car dealers like Ford and Chevy and all those guys, they have to find a new way to make money because people aren't buying cars. So they're wow. just going to go into that business and then put those guys totally out of business. And I was like, that's a brilliant point. Because, you know, Uber and Lyft are like waiting for this autonomous cars thing so they could just, you know, oh, we don't even have to pay the drivers. Well, what happens when the car dealers just go, yeah, well, we don't even have to sell you the car and we get to well, compete with you. So what's an autonomous car? The cars that don't need drivers. Like they're testing them like crazy. Oh. Place. So like right now in San Francisco, <laughs> they test them. I believe in Arizona. And the law right now says you still have to have a driver in the car. In case something, you know, doesn't work. But wow, those drivers, like the one car recently got into an accident. And the driver, they searched his, uh, his, his, you know, personal devices. And as soon as he got in the car, he turned on Netflix and he started watching movies. So he'd been driving for so long. He's like, these cars know how to drive themselves. Can you imagine? I know. Crazy, right? But that's I, the I think it's cool. I mean, I know people are all, all freaked out. But aren't the trams, like in the airports, aren't those unmanned vehicles? Well, the tram's right on a track. There's a difference. Well, I, I get the difference, but I mean... Do you remember heck. Do you remember the original Total Recall and the little taxi driver? Yeah, uh, Johnny Cab. Is that what... It, yeah, yeah, dude. I'm telling you, it's coming. And it's not going to wait as long as Total Recall to get here. It'll be here <laughs> in the next two to three years, man. It's crazy. Yeah. But no, Robert cool. was the I'm one who put it. in the article, these don't make any sense for this reason. And then to see Lyft just tank right after it goes public, I'm like, dude, man, that guy is just... He's on it. Wow. You know, you know what's uh, kind of sad is that, um, you know, we're, we're going to miss all these opportunities for sanctification. Like we're not going to be able to think evil thoughts at other drivers or fight, you know, primitive urges to kill other people. Like our sanctification just tanked, man. As well, well. Like, we are going to be able to have those thoughts against uh, autonomous vehicles. And we'll probably oh, be I just hate as, technology. I yell at my computer all the time. All right. Okay. I yell at your computer all sin. the time. Is it a sin to yell at a robot? 
I yell at your computer all the time, man. That's <laughs> that's how much I hate your computer. <laughs> yeah, you know, it probably it probably is because I'm well, I don't know, man. Like I gotta think about that because anger's all right. So anger is not a sin. So maybe maybe it's holy to be angry at technology. I don't know. I gotta I gotta figure that one out. If I can love God, love my neighbor. What about that technology? Hey, let me know if you can hear my uh, soundbite real quick. I'm just trying this. No. What is thy bidding, my master? No, you can't can hear, hear mine. No. No, you got to get uh, soundboard, and then you got to tell soundboard where you want it to play. Need to get that. Is that is that like a piece of software? It's a software, but you know what? You might need like a whole setup for it because I had your guy uh, who did the sound at, at Big Refuge. Yeah, he yeah. came over to my house and like, here, you need to buy this, 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 and that's how I was able to do it. I just whatever he said, I just did. Yeah, that that's what I need is someone just to point me in the right direction. Yeah, because you could do it with the software, right? I couldn't do it with just the software for me, but I don't know if that's because I'm recording or what. Hey guys, so uh, this is not a glimpse into the back of the house conversations that Pete and I have. We actually have these front of the house. But if you you do want to peek behind the scenes, check out my Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash club ninja. And you can be a part of my creative ventures. And it's not as boring as what we were just talking about. Do you like what I did? Did you like that segue? You know, I thought it was a valiant effort. Thank you. Thank you. But you just have to remember... uh, when selling, you have to make an offer that they can't refuse. Unfortunately, the <laughs> offer you made, they could refuse. So you have to entice them and go, look, when you contribute to my Patreon, here's what's going to happen for you. And Ooh. then the big deal is not that they're giving a Patreon. The big deal is, hey, I'm going to give you this over here, and you're going to get that over there, and you're going to be in this little inner club that I got, and and this is what we do in the club. And so you're creating a desire, an irresistible offer, and they go, I have to enter that. Where's his Patreon page again? Please take my money. I need to do that. Yeah. No, I'm serious. Like that's how that's how sales works. Yeah, I really suck at that. (laughs) Well, no, we all do because we we all do. We have to like change our thinking, and the reason for that, and this is a little bit of psychology for everybody, is because we're all thinking about what's important to us. And we have to realize that no one cares about us, not even our mama, but we, we need to like think about My mom's dead. I know. Did that hurt? I'm sorry. A little bit. Well, you'll thanks get for, over it. Thanks for bringing it up again. <laughs> you'll get over it. You're, you're <laughs> a big boy. Um, but we got to think about, okay, what's the conversation going on in their head? How can I address what's important to them? And that's the difficult part, but that's for everybody straight across the board. Well, okay, so here we go. You ready? I'm going to quick do this. Now, this is not the podcast about my Patreon, but let me th- tell me how I do here. I know I'm going to suck, but tell me how I do. All right. For $1, you get every week, $1, you get Five Star Fridays, which is a glimpse into my life, my head, and everything else as I give you kind of a glimpse of what I'm reading, what I'm thinking about, what I'm pondering, yada, yada, right? For $5 a month, you get all that, and I feel like a game show host, you get access to a private Facebook group. (laughs) 
Did you like that? But wait, what? there's more. <laughs> but wait, there's more. You see, I was saving that one. For the $10 <laughs> tier, which, oh, by the way, the, the $1, you become a ninja tortoise. You're not quite a ninja turtle. But as a bonus to the $1, you also get a picture. And you're going to, I thought of you when I wrote this, Pete, a picture of my tortoise every month photoshopped into a ninja pose. How rad is that? Just for signing up. <laughs> Because you're a ninja tortoise, okay. so you get my five star. I, I want you to understand. And, I want you to understand my point of the conversation in their mind, yeah, as opposed to the conversation that, in your me. mind. Yeah. So the five star Fridays <laughs> for one dollar. Come on, right? But, but the ninja tortoise was for me. Admittedly, it made me <laughs> laugh. Think? It was like this podcast, right? <laughs> I know that's true, right? <laughs> so. Tier five is Ninja Turtle. That's the Facebook access to the group where you get access to me. Then the Grasshopper is you're, you're, you're getting up there a little bit. I call you Grasshopper. You get a video every single month, and it's a topic every month related. It can range from um, it, it's basically based on all the feedback. So it's what it's what people are talking to me about during the month. So I'm going to double down on that and go deeper on something that people said, wow, this has really helped me. Tell me more. I'll do a video exclusive to that. And that could be from anything. Could be from my writing. Could be from these podcasts. Could be from articles. Whatever it is. Um, could be interviews. Then you, you can go to the $25 level, which is a wax on, wax offer. You become a wax on, wax offer. And you'll get an MP3 of me. Think of this as like a little audible. Every month, I'll read a chapter of a book I think you need to read, something you need for leadership, and you'll get 12 of those a year, so you'll get kind of like a snapshot every month. It's not an Audible account, but I'll read you a chapter out of a book. It could be something I'll from Spurgeon. I'll read you a chapter out of a book. This is brilliant. I actually like that. You know I like that stuff, right? Like My secret dream is to read for Audible. I want to read my next book. Why don't you just go do it then? Why is it a secret dream? You know, I just, I, it's margin, man. I think to myself, I'd have to do that. I have a rad contract hooked up, though, by the way. Like, all my, all my contracts, I don't need any more contracts. I'm good now. I think, however, when you explain to someone why their book isn't done because your computer didn't work again, I think that's where things would start to fall apart for you. <laughs> that's so true. I totally, you know, I read it. I just forgot to hit the record key. I forgot to so hit I the did record like six button. chapters, man. I and swear. it was good. It was the best ever. I did voices and everything. Best work, you know? <laughs> And anyways, also give a brief review and kind of a justification. So it's not just reading the chapter. It's me saying, hey, and boom, boom, boom. For 50 bucks or more a month, it's getting up there. Like, that's a, that's a heavy ask. And with that, I'm going to give you punk monk status. And that brings it. These are all ninja themed, by the way. That's going to give you exclusive access to my Inklings group where all everything I'm writing and working on, it goes into there. And you get to be a part of my creative writing process. You get to tell me what you think, what's working, what's not working. And I tell all the guys in there, you know, this is my baby, but I need you to punch it and kick it. And cause that's going to make it better. You know, there's always that thing of once you publish it, it's too late. The next tier up oh is gosh. Ninja master. And that's where I give you a one on three phone call once a month. <laughs> and you get, you get basically, why are you laughing? Oh, you need so much help. 
I do, don't I? You do. <laughs> Keep, please, so that's please group continue. coaching? Please continue. All right, it's group coaching. Hey, I price this out. No, I, I, no, no, this is not. This is not. This unheard is not of. how you sell, bud, man. This is just not how you sell. Doing what you said. L- let me let me offer a little uh, a little insight to you. A confused mind does not purchase. I you got so many levels. I don't know what I'm doing. I I mean, am I a dollar a month? Am I five? Am I fifty? Am I? There's too much. So when Are you, you make an irresistible I, you know offer. When you make is an irresistible I, offer, listen to this. When you make an irresistible offer, it's one offer. Yeah, and, Patreon doesn't work that way. Though. No, no, no. I don't care about Patreon. I'm caring about you trying to pitch people on our podcast. Okay, okay. So give me, okay. There like is this. one offer. It is like, this is the irresistible. What is this one beautiful gem that people I, I would be crazy not to have all of this for a hundred bucks. That's what you're saying. Cause that's what that is. At that is it level. a month or is it one time? How, how does that work? Yeah, no, Patreon's like a monthly membership. So okay. you join up and every month you do that. So this is, this is kind of a, this is kind of cool. It's a good learning moment for me. Cause Patreon, like you said, you get all these different tiers, but you're saying, dude, just package it all as one. And well, boom. I don't care if they offer many different tiers. What I'm saying is when you're promoting it, you're promoting uh-huh. the best single offer that you got. Like this is the one that everyone wants. Now, I personally, I wouldn't waste my time with all the rest because it's just as hard to sell someone a hundred dollars a month as it is to sell them a dollar a month. Literally, it's just as hard. It's the same That's buying cool, mechanism in their mind. So I might as well go for the hundred and put all my energy there because it's going to take me literally a hundred people on the other level to equal one person on the hundred. So that's rad. Why am I that's wasting rad. my you time? Know what? I totally this. see that, man. I absolutely see that because I'm trying out Patreon and I, I don't, I don't think it's really like a, I mean, some people use it and swear by it and they do great, but you're but right. I think it's also because they have like huge podcasts. Like, you know, I don't know if Adam Carolla does it, but he's got one of the largest podcasts in the world. I could see someone like that doing it. And it's just like an easy way because if you just got like a half a percent, a quarter of a percent of your listeners to right. be on any level, you're swimming in cash. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we wanted I to hear the train. My, we needed I that my train. train and a burp at the same time. Well, the burp we didn't need so much. No, you didn't. You Where's didn't. my train? So. I, where, oh, here it is. Here it is. What is that, Jay? I don't want to feel like I missed out on the train, so I'm, I'm supporting That's not my train, train though. No, Do you I want to hear the burp? Because I, I think I got train. another one coming. <laughs> you got it. Wow. And welcome, everyone, to the Church Planner <laughs> Podcast. If you're wondering, where's the church planning goodness? It's coming. It's just... It's coming. It's taking a little bit of time for us to, to swing around to get us there. Although, this isn't probably far off of our topic, because we talked last week, didn't we, about... Um, you know, one of the, the the best ways to scratch out a living is a Bivo planner. And I, I came back and said, hey, man, that was so good. I want to build off of that. And um, and so kind of in a way, I mean, some of just your expertise of what you're saying, because you actually I just now looking at this go, you know, what, you're right, because at the hundred dollar level, I'm already offering you all that. Why don't I just offer Club Ninja at one level? Boom. It's the same. I get it. Yeah. So uh, what I kind of said to Pete was, hey, man, why don't you this week share with the guys like build on that? Because I'm sure last week people were going, dude, that was awesome. 
I'd love to hear. I don't know if they did or not. It was so like unplanned as we started talking about it. This whole podcast is unplanned. Let's be honest. That's true. We do pretty much. You guys, we do pretty much right before the call. So, uh, Peyton, what's today's topic? Hey, today we're talking about something I talked about yesterday since it's fresh in my mind. This is the subject, right? Isn't that pretty much how you come up with the subject? Yeah. Well, it it depends. Yeah. It's something that's kicking around in my mind, something I've been thinking of. Like like recently, if we weren't going to talk about this, I would talk. Today, I'd want to talk about motives because I'm going through – my whole thing with the church plant coming up where I'm working through motives and you know, what, what is my motive? And I'm, I'm reflecting a lot on why people church plant. Why am I church planning? Why I can honestly say I am not church planning for a paycheck. Like my needs are met financially, but I want to see Jesus lifted up in San Diego, San Diego County. When I first joined NAM, I got to see all these church planners in North County and I was watching them just fold up. And, and I started to feel like I was kind of taking it personally, like, I can't take that land down. So, you know, for me, it really is about the honor of Christ and getting the gospel out there to people. And I'll, I'll constantly come back to, is this my motive? Is this what I want to do? And, um, uh, yeah, so... So yeah, it is normally something that I'm I'm recently uh, thinking about, but uh, I do want to talk about something for Smack Talk. If you're new, Please. this is what we do. We talk we talk Smack for the first 25 minutes or so. Did Did you burp again? Come I on. didn't. I just I was I was li- I sometimes stop talking to allow you an opportunity to talk. That doesn't happen often, I, but it does. Well, I, that's why I didn't recognize that as a, uh, as a pause for me to interject. So, um, Joker trailer. Have you seen it yet? No, no, dude. It it looks good. Does Joaquin it? Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't a believer. In fact, the couple images they showed, I'm like, no thanks. And uh, I saw the trailer today, and I was like, okay, I'm interested in this. Really? Yeah. You know, here's the thing for me. Um, I remember Batman Begins, Heath Ledger is the Joker, and he just died right before it was released, and everyone's like, oh, he deserves to get an Oscar, he deserves to get an Oscar, and I was like, dude, come on, man, none of this, oh, another Hollywood guy died, let's give him an Oscar business, like, let's give people Oscars who actually deserve it. And then I saw yeah, it. Yeah, like, um, like Obama it. getting the Nobel Peace yeah, Prize before he took office. That's what I'm talking about, baby. <clears throat> yeah, the guy, never mind. I'm not even going to go off. <laughs> but, but It's kind of the same, isn't it? <clears throat> it's kind of like, but then I saw the movie and I was like, that was an incredible Joker performance. Yeah, it was. He actually deserves the Oscar. Right. I was like, I, yes, he was that good yeah. as the Joker. And so he really me, was, dude. I, I just don't see how anyone could reach that level. Like uh, when I saw Suicide Squad, I was like, I didn't even know that that's who who that was, was the Joker, because I'm not a DC guy. Right. And I was like, <laughs> what? What? Who is this guy? I mean, he's some skinny little punk. And, and I was just like, whatever. It wasn't until later I realized. If that you was paint a Joker. guy's face white and you give him green hair and that big smile, Joker can—he could be a dog, he could be a bumblebee, 
could be it uh, wasn't good enough man it just, yeah no i get you i get you but that's kind of what they you know there's different incarnations kind of like we've had incarnations of batman no i totally but, get uh, that but that's why i didn't recognize it because yeah he was sadistic in that he was kind of like a serial killer uh joker he was actually quite dark in that film he, he actually a little scary but uh i agree with you i think heath ledger is hands well you know and jack nicholson was great too simply because he was funny i mean he pulled you know and that's kind of what heath ledger did is he pulls off that that scene where he's coming out of the hospital with the remote control um and an interesting factoid about that scene you know when he's hitting it and it's not going so that actually was a um a malfunction that it was supposed to go and it didn't it didn't work and so he's doing that, but he stayed in character and that his whole like, uh, his mannerism, everything in that. And then he tosses it and it blows up and he jumps. That wasn't planned. And that was, that was a rad way to do that. And everybody laughed in the theater. Um, a couple other iconic things he did. Um, that part where he's got his head out the window like a dog. Yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's such an iconic scene right there. Oh yeah. Uh, that when he's at the desk with his hands folded in the police station, I mean, there there were just some amazing scenes in that that he delivered. Oh, there were. That's why to me, it's like you know, you gotta the the bar has been set so high. That's I, I saw the image of the new Joker, and I didn't even care to watch the trailer. <laughs> like that's what it was. I same, was like, same. And eh. this this is kind of more Joker's origin story. Like, what are we back to? Uh, Adam West is he going to be in this one too? I mean, that's kind of what I felt <laughs> when I saw the image. Yeah, the image looked terrible, and uh, and and when I saw the trailer, I was like, okay, this actually looks pretty good. And what they've done is something that that it looks like they haven't done with. They've always talked. About what? What if we did a Batman? And th- this is what I think they're working up towards. Um, they've talked about a Batman reboot years ago. Darren Aronofsky was going to do a re- reboot of Batman in the seventies, but it was going to be kind of like Batman out of the trunk of your car. Like, what would what would it look like if Batman was a vigilante, and you know he was a dude actually jamming around with with ropes and. Like in real, almost like a real life, like where the guy's kind of nuts, but he's like, you know, it, it can't be all the Hollywood and the latex rubber suits. What if a guy really was pulling off Batman? What would that look like? And so it was an uber realistic take on it in the 70s. And, um, you know, it, 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 it was intriguing. I was like, wow, that actually sounds like it might work. And it kind of looks like the Joker that they're starting with him to say, what would this look like? Um, so it's less fantastical. It looks a little bit more kind of down to earth, like just a dude falling apart and uh, falling down with clown makeup. <laughs> falling down. <laughs> well, you know, you got to do what you got to do, I guess. Got to, you know, hey, sometimes you reach for the red lipstick. Sometimes you reach for the baseball bat. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Is that in the trailer or something? I don't know. No. Unfortunately, it's on this podcast. <laughs> well, you know what? Maybe we should. Uh, you, know, you know, we've been talking about you know passing off the podcast, giving it to others, <laughs> and I'm wondering if maybe we could get like DC or Marvel to hire us to do a podcast about their universes. I I think that might be better where I'm suited. 
<laughs> just wouldn't that be great? Oh, I would do it. I'd come running for that. You guys don't understand how many times Peyton has come to me with something having <laughs> to do with Blizzard <laughs> and World of Warcraft, and he's like, "Hey, we could do a magazine for this. We could do a podcast for this. We could get." And I'm like, "Hey, that's great, man. I think you should do it." <laughs> he's like, "No, don't you want to do it with me?" No, man. I think you should do it. <laughs> I think that would be good for you. Right? Yeah. I mean, here here's the thing is, you know, I'm I'm I want to be I want to do a nerd podcast, man. There already are several nerd podcasts. I know. Their Patreons are on fire. You want to know what's funny is uh I don't know, I don't know how this has affected you at all. But Jamie and I keep looking at each other and we're like, "When did we get old?" Like, I, I I don't know what happened. Like, I, all of a sudden, I'm old now. I know. Have Dude, you had it, that? It happens at 40, but you don't notice it yet. And then those couple years after 40, it starts advertising. You know, it's like, like you mentioned, like, going public. Hey, we're going public with this now, you know? We've been around, but... <laughs> Yeah, that's what happens, dude. And everybody starts buying stock. And the fact you're old, dude, it's just weird. Like every time I got to work with Jimbo, I'm like, dang it, man. I'm now the old guy. Oh yeah, dude. You're Obi-Wan. You know, the, the, you switch from being Han Solo and Luke. You know, that was a conversation we used to have. I'm Luke Skywalker. Oh, I'm more, I'm more Han Solo. And then now you, the conversation is no, I'm Obi-Wan. Or, or it could be the emperor. He always had pad ones. Or, well, we're not at this stage yet where we're like, I'm Yoda. <laughs> no, thank goodness. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, not many conversations at that stage. Oh, my gosh. Dude, what's what's funny is uh, I'm talking to this 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 guy. Okay, so I do, a, as everyone knows who listens to the podcast, I do a lot of uh, uh, gun training, firearms training. And um, there's this this... I call him, well, everyone calls him the kid because he's 20 years old and he's the best freaking person in our class. Like literally the best shooter, the fastest shooter, everything. And, uh, we're talking when, uh, not, not the one last night, but it was like a couple of weeks ago we're talking and, and we're talking about, uh, uh, magazines. So for, for your firearm in California, for a while, for for the last twenty years, you've been limited to a magazine of ten rounds, and I'm like, yeah, well, you know, you, you don't actually use that, right? For because he's he's actually got a, a concealed carry weapons permit, and um, which is kind of funny because he's not even twenty one, so he legally can't buy a handgun. But if you have a handgun, which you could have if a parent gave one to you, you can have that when you're eighteen. So he's had his concealed carry permit for a while, and he's like, he goes. Uh, I don't want to do anything that's going to, you know, risk my future. I don't want to get, you know, some cop pulling me over. And, you know, next thing I know, my whole future is out the window. So all I use are, are 10 round mags. And I'm like, yeah, but you could have had pre embargo magazines, right? And he goes, dude, they passed that law in 1992. And I'm like, yeah, so you still could have had them pre embargo. And he goes, I wasn't born until 1997. And I'm like, dude, how freaking young are you? This is ridiculous. Uh, that was the year I was married. I, I, that was that was one of my senior years at college, one of my many. <laughs> one of my senior years. <laughs> How many of those do you have? I had five. I was a senior for five years. 
Wow, five senior years. That's impressive. I let me tell you, the uh the the parties you get to go to when you're a fifth year senior. We're not allowed to talk about such things on this podcast, Pete. Uh they That's were the rule. they were really just prayer sessions. That's really what they were. No? Not, yeah. Not no, so, I got you. Not so much. No. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, anywho. Uh, should we get on with this week's topic? We should. Let's get down with our bad selves and launch into it. Great Scott, it's time for this week's topic. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Wait, wait. Just for you? Let's Not get down to you. the nitty-gritty. Oh, there we go. Sorry. I was wondering where the, the, the lip sync was. <laughs> I had to turn on my camera just so you could see me lip sync it. It's rad. Yeah, so uh, how are we broaching the subject today? Well, what is the actual – I know we're building off last week, which was what was the ideal uh, job for you as a Bible. And what I, I, what I love – let me just tell you what I thought was amazing. Yeah, and please. I actually popped out this info this week like I knew what I was talking about. But what, what came up, if you didn't listen to last week's, is we we're talking about the ideal kind of jobs. And one of the things that we've talked about in the past was jobs like real estate. And what you brought up last week that, that really I thought was brilliant was you mentioned how a real estate agent, they sell a house, it's like a one-stop shop, and they got to go hustle, hustle, yeah. get the new clients. And you know they're kind of like pyramid sellers. They're always after the new clients. And whereas you were like, hey, someone like Jimbo and auto detailers, they've got recurring. It's not that they're not going after new clients. They will. But they also have a capacity issue, but they can spend the chunk of their time actually making the money um, because they've got recurring clients. And I thought that was a really good insight, um, something I had never thought about before, and I'm sure a lot of our planners haven't. So um, perhaps, I mean, I'd, you're the guy with the expertise on this, so I don't know where you'd want to take it to build off last week. I, I don't know. And I, and I wouldn't even say necessarily that there's a, there's like one specific industry or job that's going to be appropriate by by any stretch of the imagination i think uh you know one of the one of the lines that i use all the time with people um that i train is you got to play to your strengths and so most of the time i'm referring to social media because that's like everyone's big question like like i train literally tens of thousands of real estate agents every year between my webinars mm -hmm. My live events, like I got one coming up next week, um, and, and I don't do them solo by myself. I've got a, a partner uh, for that. And the question that always comes up is social media, and it comes up in business, right? Every business is like, you know, how, what should I be doing on social media? And they hear about Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and Twitter and Nextdoor and LinkedIn and YouTube. And they're like, you know, what should I be doing? I should be doing all these. How do I do this all? And blah, blah, blah. I'm like, look, man, you got to play to your strengths because there is not a lack of uh, ways that you can get out there. there. There are so many different things. Like for me, I don't personally like doing videos. I don't like how I look on video. I don't like how I sound on video. I, I don't like video. I personally love podcasting. Like this is my thing. I love doing this. Uh, I don't like writing. I'm not like you, someone who could sit there and you know write out an article, a blog post, and you're energized by sharing information that way. For me, 
it's like nails on a chalkboard. So if someone told me, hey, look, you have to uh, podcast or not podcast, if you have to blog every day, um, you know, for the next nine months to a year, if you want to make it, I'd be like, forget it, man. Just I'm going to go work at McDonald's because at least that's not going to stress me out. So you got to play to your strengths. Right. And that comes into what you do for your day job. And, you know, we kind of talked about this last week, so I don't want to rehash this. But the big thing that that I do is business growth consulting and training, which is an offshoot of the business growth consulting. And so when I talk to pastors and I talk to them before I take them into the training, because I want to to tell them if I think it's going to be a good fit or not, I feel like I owe it to them for that. And like, I got a couple of applications this last week and I was looking at one of them and I was like, you know, based on what this guy said right here, this is going to be a tough conversation for me to have with him because I I don't think this is going to be right. And how can I help him? Like he's a pastor. He's a, he's probably a church planner because obviously that's who comes in from the show. And I'm like, I got to figure out a way that I can help this guy, send him in the right direction, whatever. Because I don't think this is going to be right for them. I think what happens a lot of times is people see the the income that's possible doing this and the uh, little time that it takes to do it, and so they'll they'll jump on it. And they'll be like, "Oh yeah, man, that's what I want to do." But there's still like it, it's not like all of a sudden you go through the training and and you know next thing you know you're making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. There's still work involved. In fact, I got an email after I, I sent out an email this last week and I think you saw it too, right? Cause that's the whole reason we're doing this podcast, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I had somebody respond to it <laughs> as I always do, right? <laughs> Some pastor somewhere wants to give me a piece of his mind. And, um, and so anyway, what I thought was interesting is the guy just said, hey, you know what? When we do Bivo training, we don't focus on, you know, basically, you know, we don't focus on what to do for a living because the problem is, is that uh, people will turn their eyes towards the gold, as he put it right. You know, the, you know, the making money part. And I totally understand where he's coming from. Uh, when we first, or I should say, I first really approached you and said, hey, look, I want to bring this to some of our pastors. I want to give them this as an opportunity. I was like, no way, man. You're just trying to make money off of church planners. No yeah, way. No, I don't approve. Said. No. But I mean, like. No, it was it was the opposite. It well, was, hey, and I had dude. To, I had to pray yeah. about it a lot because I was like, God, I don't want to take their focus off of what you've called them to do. Please help me to just, you know have these honest conversations with people and tell them if it's right for them or not right for them or, right. or what. And cause not everyone is successful. Like so much of what it takes to be, you know, successful quote unquote in business. Right. Relies on you and the actions you take. Right. And, and so one of the things that I tell people is I go, look, I'm not going to hold anything back. You're not going to be like, <clears throat> You know, Pete, Pete didn't give me the secret to this. I'm going to tell you everything that it takes. I'm going to tell you everything that I'm doing. I'm going to, you know, pull back the curtain. I'm going to show you everything. But the reality is I can't make you take action. I can't make you actually do this stuff. And even those guys that do it, sometimes they're just not doing it, you know, the right way or with the right. As evidenced by my Patreon. Right. With the Patreon. Like I'm doing it. 
but I'm not doing it right. Yeah. And so it, there is a, you should still join it, everybody. (laughs) Yeah. You should still give to my Patreon, (laughs) but there is a, um, there, there is a there is a, a learning curve, and I've told some guys, I go, look, this is going to be easier for you than it is for others. And part of the reason why it's going to be easier for you, like Dan Sams is a great example, right? I mean, he just took it and ran with it. But he was already a self-employed person. He, he did uh, website design. So for him, it was not a big transition. Cause he already had that mentality of, you know, every morning I wake up, I got to get on the the hunt and right. I got to go find a client and, you know, I got to do that stuff. So he already had that mentality. It's really tough for guys who, and it, just like it was for me when I first, you know, became a uh, uh, self-employed, it's really hard at the beginning to realize, okay, you got to still get up in the morning. Right. Um, my office is 10 feet away from my bed. I still got to get dressed. I got to take my shower. I got to be out here by a certain time. I got to start working because that's the way that I make money. And there's, there's a learning mindset change. There's all of that stuff that, that comes into play. So I I never want to give people, well, I do want to give the people that it's a simple concept to do what I do. It is very simple, but it's not that it's necessarily easy because there is like this whole internal shift that has to happen. And then at the same time, you're trying to plan a church and it's like, you know, like you remember this, we've had the conversation so many times in our Voxer group about, should I sell the people in my congregation or should I not? And, um, my philosophy has always been, I wouldn't sell to people in the church. And then we've got other guys who have gone through the training guys like Aaron bump who are like, look, everyone knows I'm bivocational. It, that's never been a secret. So I don't have any problem selling the people in the church because I'm bivocational. They all know I'm bivocational. This is what I do. And, and I think that right. that comes down to a personal uh, decision, a, a personal choice, you know, why you're, you're doing one thing or another. Um, but I mean, those are some of the tough things that you got to tackle when you, when you go to being self-employed. I do, however, think that being self-employed, is one of the best things you can do as a church planner, um, really, in in just in life. I mean, otherwise you are you are subject to the crown that is over you, you know. And I think you're a great example. When you were full time with Nam, when Nam said, "Hey, by the way, you got to fly over here," you had to fly over there. I did. It yeah. wasn't like, and and it, as you've said, you. It was a time in your life. This was what you needed in your life. It oh, was yeah. a great Total job. godsend, but... It's exactly. But it controlled yeah. you. Totally yeah. controlled you. And um, and that's the, what jobs do, you yeah. know? And when you're, you're self-employed, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a different game. I mean, you still have things to consider, but it's not the same. Like, um, I'm joining a, a group right now. I mean, you're going to love this. I'm joining a, a mastermind group that costs $25,000 a year to be in. Wow. And by the way, this was really funny, right? So uh, so I applied it to join this group. I mean, anybody you can think of who's a known person has either been a member or is currently a member. Like right. Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank's a member. Peter Diamandis. Oh, no kidding, huh? Oh, I mean, like, 
the reason I'm joining is for the people that I'm going to be able to basically make friends with and, and hobnob with and, and stuff like that. There, there's a lot that goes into that. Right. So, uh, so I'm being interviewed to see if I'm a, a good fit for it. <laughs> and the guy, the guy, and I totally know who the guy is, right? Like he's a hero in the marketing world. And he goes, yeah, so uh, what's this church planner thing that you do? Because I've looked you up. And, you know, who's your partner? And I go, oh, my partner's Peyton Jones. I go, he's he's actually the church planner. And, and uh, you know, like on the podcast, I'm the, I call myself the color commentary. And, you know, that, that that's my job on that. And he goes, uh, yeah, I, uh, I listened to your most recent episode. Oh, no. Part of your most recent episode. And I'm like, uh? Like that's the thought going through my head. <laughs> and he goes, uh, yeah, it was the one where you were, uh, you were like, uh, way to go. Trump, Trump, 2020, Trump, 2020. And I started dying. Right. Cause if you guys remember that Peyton and I are not Trump supporters, we are not Trump fans. We're not Democrats either. Um, but I did my taxes. And as I mentioned on the podcast for the first time ever, I'm getting a refund and my refund was $25,000. And, and the way refunds work when you're self-employed is they don't actually give you the money. They just apply it to your next year's taxes. So it's not like I got a check for it. And so, so the guy's like, well, you know, you're getting a refund for 25 grand. It costs you 25 grand to come into our program. So I know money's not the issue. You got the money. And I'm like dying because I'm like, yeah, I realize that really helps out your sale. But uh, as I said on the podcast, they don't actually give me the money. You know, it just goes to the next year's taxes. But it was pretty funny. Just That's pretty funny, dude. Yeah. I was hoping you were going to say that he listened to the podcast and he rethought his life. And he's like, this is my last sale and I'm (laughs) going to go plan a church or I'm going to fund uh, new breed church. I'm going to join Peyton's Patreon. I was kind of hoping you were going there, but all right. Yeah. Yeah. No. That's funny, dude. That's actually really funny. So he actually listened to it. He cyberstalked you. He listened to the first part of it. Yeah. Well, we'll think about it. If you're going to get on the phone with someone to make a $25,000 sale, which I don't know what he gets out of that. I'm sure he gets paid something out of that. You're going to do your research. I mean, a good salesman is going to do your research. So he went to my website and the website refers to the podcast, you know, and he went and listened to the first part of the podcast. I mean, he, he, Google searched me. He wanted to find out what he could, which is a what a good sales professional is going to do, and uh, and so it just happened to work out nice. So when we were joking about it, he's like, "Yeah, now if you were only getting twenty grand back, it it wouldn't have worked out as nice. But the fact that you're getting twenty five thousand and it cost you twenty five thousand, I mean, it's perfect. <laughs> you know, so. that's so rad, dude. Yeah. But uh, I don't even know why I walked down that path anymore. I've totally lost that that train of thought. It was a fun story, though. Well, yeah, and I mean, I, I don't know. I you mean, were you were basically where you left off as you're saying, look, you know, like I can I can tell you what to do, yeah. but I can't make you do the work. I can't and that that's work. fair enough. I mean, you have opened the storehouse, has shown everyone, and I've seen this even in church planning, brother, where I've even actively coached church planners. This is what you need to do, and then when I get back on a call with them, they haven't done anything, and that can go on for weeks to months. Yeah. And, you know, when the church planner folds, I'm not surprised because it does take a certain amount of work ethic to make that stuff happen. Yeah. And I want to be careful too, because I know there are some guys who work 
and still aren't successful. But most of the time it's because there's just like little tweaks that they need to do to change things. Yeah. Kind of like we were talking about with your Patreon. Just Absolutely, dude. It's, it's a perfect example yeah. because like that stuff I wouldn't even have thought about. I'm like, oh, I'm running the Patreon. I'm, I'm, I've followed their their thing. I've got these multiple tiers. They don't give a rip about me, you know? And so, but what you said actually made a lot of sense. And I think that's, that, that for me is a huge takeaway. Why wouldn't I just put all that stuff in one price point and then just roll with it? Boom. Yeah. Offer that membership. I mean, I, mean, that, I don't even that, really care if Patreon has multiple tiers, but anytime right? you're selling it, just go for, usually go for the top tier. Right. Or at most two, you know, I got option A and option B. If you start going, I got option A, B, C, D, E, F, then it's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I just, you know, forget it. I'm out. Well, I can definitely say that right now uh, I have one person join my Patreon for $1. And it's the poorest guy I know. So, you know. <laughs> Dude, that kind of reminds me of Refuge when they were taking offering. And you'd yeah. see the homeless people dumping in money. And I'm like, dude, they're giving more than the rest of us are. Because that's like five bucks to them is five freaking dollar. That's yeah, a lot dude. of money. Big time. Big time, man. So, yeah. So, I mean, you know, there's something about the Patreon thing that's not working anyways, you know? Well, it just takes it. Yeah. this All that stuff's going to take time, especially like the problem with Kickstarter and um, Patreon type stuff is when people come up with like in Kickstarter and Indiegogo, they come up with re rewards that are actually let's leave them out. Cause there's, that's a whole nother mess, but like GoFundMe right. is a good example. When you're asking people to give you money for essentially nothing, right? which is not the way you're doing Patreon, but it's the way that I've seen Patreon done. Hey, just right. be a supporter. And help my creativity. That's great, but no one cares about that. Right. I mean, they just don't. It's There's nothing in it for them. GoFundMe is the same thing. Usually people give because they feel guilty or, you know, someone's about ready to die and I know the family and I want to support them, which is great. Right. I think people should do it. But it's tough when you're just basically asking for money. Think about your church. Think about when you pass the plate in church. How hard is it to give, get people to give you money for the church? Mm. it's the same thing because they don't see what's in it for them. And that's, but that's a, a whole nother topic. And I don't, I don't know, but that that's a really, really good point. And, um, I, I know it's different. I know it's, it's kind of that, but you, you were talking earlier about the psychology and those are the things that I think people don't realize when they're doing things like, like you're talking about selling, I wouldn't have a clue where to begin on selling. I mean, that is so not my world. And, um, well, you, you know, know, just where you just you brought up that you and I have always talked about this, that, that, you know, you're in fact, your book, Scientific Advertising, that there is a science behind this kind of stuff. Yeah, um, that's super helpful, you know, but if you don't know that stuff, then. Well, it's that's, funny that's, because I, I was uh, the, the detailer program that I do with Jimbo. We had our, our group call yesterday. And one of the things that we were talking about is I started reading this book. It's called how to sell at margins higher than your competitors. And, uh, the guy goes, you know, everyone thinks price is the reason why people decide things and price is almost never the reason why people decide things. It's part of it, but it's not the key. And it price is always bigger in the mind of the seller than it is in the mind of the buyer. 
Mm. And he goes, and I prove this to people. He goes, there's five things that people look at, you know, price, quality, service, sales capacity, and basically uh, how you get it. So did I get it on time, when I wanted it, where I wanted it, that kind of a thing. And so I was bringing this Mm. up with our detailers. I was like, you guys are concerned about, you know, your prices and what your competitors are doing. But one of the things that this guy points out is uh, is he goes, uh, when I do my seminars, I'll ask people. I'll say, that shirt that you're wearing right now, was that the cheapest shirt there was? Hmm. And he goes, almost no one says, yes, it is. He goes, but even if they say, yes, it is, he goes, okay, well, what if it didn't fit? Would you have still bought it even though it was the cheapest shirt? Well, no, because it didn't fit. So, okay, fit was one of your criteria. What if it was, uh, like in your case, it was pink? And, you know, would you have still bought it? Well, no, it needed to be the right color. So, in other words, there are all of these criteria that go into you buying even a shirt, of which price is just one of the things. And so, what really people are looking for is, how can I justify the price that that person is asking? You know, does it make sense? Apple is a great example. Apple's products are all exorbitantly overpriced, which is why weren't they like the first trillion dollar company? I mean, wasn't that what they finally hit like some absurd number like that? Do you remember? No, uh-uh. I don't know. But um, but I mean, people are always looking for how do I justify buying, you know, this laptop or uh, this desktop or this iPhone or this whatever, because they are exorbitantly overpriced. Right. And price is not the issue. Price isn't like Apple knows price isn't the issue. They just give you the reason why and you justify it. Well, I'm going to buy the iPhone because I've already got the computer and the iPad. So it'll be easy for me to transfer stuff and and I can keep it all on the same platform. I mean, that's literally the reason why I don't leave Apple. And I personally right now hate Apple. I don't like their privacy policy. I don't like this whole Hey, we're going to make your equipment run worse just so you got to buy new ones that they got caught for doing. But I'm still stuck, right? Because right. I got all of their equipment and I can't switch over to Android now. It's like I'm stuck. I'm stuck in their ecosystem. Right. So there are other reasons why people buy things and do things. And the same thing is true when it comes to, you know, being a business growth consultant. So, like, when I when I brought on who's now my my number one client, you know I think it was fifteen grand up front at the time, and it was twenty five hundred dollars a month. And I I like choked when they said, "Well, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do the fifteen grand." Mm-hmm. Now I find out later that the guy before me she'd paid sixty grand too. So I was like, "Wow, okay, I was an idiot and like well undershot that. I could have asked for a lot more." And would have gotten it, and then I would have been more freed up to even invest more time in her stuff. She probably would have been happier. I would have been happier. Everyone would have been happier. But for me, the conversation in my mind was, man, I'm asking for the world. You know, I'm asking for 15 grand and 2,500 and didn't realize that wasn't the world to her. So, Is there a time where you, in a situation like that, though, is there a time where you kind of, when you're building a relationship that you go for the win? And that is the kind of the lower price point to get your foot in the door? Or do you feel like that's kind of a bad idea? Most of the time, no, because you never want to be the low price leader ever. Right. It doesn't work for you. Right. Um, It's never going to work out in your favor. 
you're not going to be able to then later raise your price up to what it needs to be. So what I want is for people to be like, oh my gosh, he wants what? And then they have to make the decision. Well, we're either going to hire the best or we're just going to hire some joker. Like there reaches a point in your life. um, and, And church planners, depending on your life, you may not have reached this yet. I certainly have reached the point where I used to buy always whatever was the cheapest. And now I almost never do that. And it's not because, you know, I'm willing to just go stupid with money. It's because I know that there are other things that are more important to me. Right. Like I want the stuff to to show up on time. I want like I'll give you an example here. And I know this is kind of a, a deviation from where we started this this podcast. So this last weekend my family and I were, were shopping for a new patio table and chairs for our backyard. Cause our old one is just warped and needed to go. So, um, you know, we went to Lowe's and living spaces and we end up over at home Depot and home Depot actually has like the perfect patio table, the perfect chairs, everything, but it's really big. So I go over to the customer service desk and I'm like, yeah, I wanted to ask you guys about the patio table you got over there. They're like, okay, what can I help you with? I'm like, uh, first of all, I wanted to know, uh, what does it cost to deliver it? And they're like, okay, it's $79 to deliver. I'm like, okay, perfect. Um, and you know, can I get it assembled and delivered? And then they start going, oh, well, you know what? It costs more when it's assembled. And I'm like, okay. And I'm literally just like standing there. And finally, I look at her and I go, so were you going to call someone to find out how much it's going to cost? And she's like, well, it's going to be more. And I'm like, yeah, it's going to be more. Can you find out how much more? Like in her mind, it's going to cost more. So you don't want to do that. Right. In my mind, I'm like, I don't care about the cost. I have no way to get it home. And I'm way too freaking lazy to assemble something. Right. Right. I'm not going to do it. Like that's just not where my time is best spent is putting together a patio table. So my wife could tell I was getting really annoyed and I wanted to say, could I please talk to someone in customer service, which would have been really funny because I'm standing at the customer service desk talking to the gal, but she's clearly not providing me any customer service. So they end up (coughs) having to make two phone calls and she comes back to me and she goes, okay, it's exactly the same. It's $79. And I go, okay, what does it cost to assemble it? Oh, that's free. And I'm like, oh my gosh, dude, seriously. I've been like standing here this whole time and it's, it's the same. I'm like, just, just do it, assemble it and deliver it. But money wasn't my issue. Money was her issue. It was in her head. That was, right. you know, and it wasn't even, I mean, she's customer service. What does she care? Right. But that was the problem that was racing around in her head. And so you got to keep that stuff in mind too, when you're, when you're self-employed is that money is not usually the issue. It's the issue in your head. Cause you're selling mm. something. It's not right. the issue in their head. So, right. I know this conversation totally deviated from what you wanted. When we well, no, it's okay because it, it is kind of a glimpse into, you know, the things that, um, I know we're not like, I'm not really involved in Bible anymore, but, um, but it is kind of something that, you know, the, the more, so, so here's the thing I, I foresee personally, I foresee a couple things. Um, I really do think that bivocationalism is going to be the, the way forward. 
I, I see a lot of trendy things right now. And one of the things that people are doing is, you, you know how like the church cycles through things that become the great white hope, like the church, the missional movement. I, I, I was listening to something Hugh Halter said recently, and he said, make believe missional movements where people, people and pastors have always done this. They talk a good game and they'll use the buzzwords. Oh, we're missional. And they're still stuck, you know? And, um, the other day I was, I was chatting with someone and they said, Hey, you know, you're planning what, what's your vision? I shared, well, want to do a, a multiplication network in my city. I just want to do something local that, you know, I could have done better in Long Beach had I lived there, but you know, um, that's, that's my heart. It started years ago with train station and we, we did okay. Um, most of those guys are still planting and at it. And I'm, I'm, you know, in, in a good way, I'm proud of that. You know, I, I, I think we serve them well, but, um, the, there's a lot to be said like that. Those were people that I was able to, to really train. I didn't always train, uh, I trained the guys on the ground, but I didn't give them a lot of the, the background that I would have liked to have given. But anyways, all, all that, it was, it was an active training uh, relationship. And I want to get that up and going again. And somebody said, oh, well, so-and-so is going to be doing that. And so citywide networks are a, are, are a big thing. And way back then I knew, this is back in like 2014, 15, I knew that citywide networks, if you could get churches to work together to plant, that'd be rad. But over the years, I've started to see that become a trend. And I know that that's going to be talk. A lot of it's going to be talk, and it's not really going to happen. Um, but it will become the buzzword. Everyone will talk about it. Um, organizations and programs and, you know, things will start up. Um, uh, bivocational stuff, um, entrepreneurial stuff, business uh, as mission stuff. All this will start up. And, like, there's a business as mission group that started up, and it was started by people who had never done business as mission and they were asking people to pay to come into this group. I think what, what I'm kind of saying is, was um, it really? even what's that they were saying, do business as mission pay to come in this group and they've never done it. And themselves? they've never done it. Oh. And, and so you're supposed to go in and you're supposed to learn from them, but they had never done it themselves. And so, you know, moving on to like, you know, how I, you remember that vision I kind of shared where, what if we had a space where yeah. we were working with local business leaders who, you know, we're Christians, barber, you know, this kind of thing. Like I met with a barber recently. Um, he goes, my, my barbershop's like a little missional, missional church. And I just met him to say, hey, would you maybe want to partner with our church plant? Open up a, a, like a gentleman's barbershop. And so I've just been meeting with local business leaders and kind of chatting with people. But now this is going to become the thing where you get a, you get a warehouse, you make it a business. But again, I still think people are going to get stuck in this. Because I still think no matter what model people are using, there's still that kind of like the missional movement was the great white hope. So I think that, you know, a lot of these things, these things become the great white hope and they're not really going to, you still got to get out there and reach people. And so there's a lot of similarities. Mm. There's, you know, when, when we're talking about like when you're saying, Hey, I I really want to help these guys, um, you know, not be poor, make some money. Um, but at the end of the day, there, there is that blood, sweat and tears. There's that action that needs to be taken. 
and there's similarities to what you're saying in the world of church planning. But I think what's good today is just, if nothing else, man, it, it gave a glimpse into some of the expertise and some of the things that, that guys just like me, I mean, just sitting here, I've known you six years. We've been doing a podcast six years. We've even done ventures together and I'm sitting here learning on this podcast. Like, wow, I didn't know that. That's awesome. You know? So, um, so, you know, kind of like the little, uh, uh, you know, what, what, what would you say to anyone? Cause you know, you, you want to have guys, you feel this as part of your calling, like, you know, um, when, when we kind of decided, Hey, maybe we move on to other things. I know you felt like, Hey, I still feel called to do this. Um, do you want to talk about that a little bit? And well, what, what I decided what for myself was one, you and I, we started something called the Bible inner circle and we've basically been wrapping that thing up. And I think we're basically entering the last month of that. And, um, and, Lots of reasons for it. None, none of them because of the guys that are in it. The guys and gals that are in it have just been awesome. Uh, one, for me, there's a, one of the things that I've learned is that there's a direct correlation in between what people invest and how much they then invest in themselves going forward doing that stuff, like taking action. Um, there's actually a scientific term for it. It's called the sunk cost bias or sunk capital bias, something like that. And um, basically, the more money that someone spends, the more dedicated they are to the process. And I realized, okay, so the people who I've had the most success with, meaning <clears throat> they've gotten the most out of it, they've been able to um, take action and move forward. And certainly not everybody, but most of the guys who have gone through it and gals um, have been in the what we referred to as the platinum Bible Inner Circle, which is basically being a business growth consultant, going through that training, learning how to put together training programs, uh, doing CEO roundtables, um, stuff like that. Cause it's a, it's a significantly higher investment. And so I was just like, okay, look, I'm, I'm, this is not a focus for me. I'm not like, you know, Hey, I want to get, you know, 500 pastors through this. That's not my thing. I want to work with a small group because I have a regular business going on. Right. So it's like, small group. I want a small group of pastors that I can work with, that I can help, that I believe are going to take this stuff and run with it and be able to implement it. And um, and so I was just like, all right, that's that's what I'm going to do. It's not going to be, you know, the Bible winter circle that you and I did. It's just basically going to be the the business growth consulting training program. And just for a small group of pastors each time uh, I do it, and I haven't done it for over a year. Um, and I was just like, all right, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to at least open the door. And if no one comes through it, all right, not a biggie because I got my own business. This is more to help people. Um, and I'm going to leave it at that. And if, you know, and if God wants me to do it, then I'll continue to do it. And if he doesn't, then I won't worry about it. You know, it's just one of those, that's kind of the way that I see it. And uh, so I just tell everyone, if you're at all interested in the, uh, the the business growth consulting if you're like hey i want to know if that's something that would be right for me then what you do is go over to bivowebinar.com bivowebinar.com and uh you can watch like uh, a recent replay or sign up to watch one of the the next ones and go through that that webinar i'm going to tell you my story on there which 
I think we've mentioned on the podcast once before, but it's, uh, I just felt like I needed to tell everyone, this is my story. This is how I ended up, you know, on, on a, a, a bankruptcy court doorstep, if you will, deciding, all right, I got to do something different with my life. I'm going to, I'm going to go into this business growth consulting thing. And so I tell that whole story and, and then I tell you, this is what it takes to be a business growth consultant. These three things, if you can do these three things, this is something that you can do. And then I tell you, look, if, if you want to go through the training, here's what the training all is. Here's what the investment is. And your next step is to set an appointment with me. And by the way, I will not take your credit card on the phone. I won't let you sign up. That's a time for us to literally talk to each other, find out, is this a good fit? If it is, then I'm going to have you pray about it. I'm going to have you talk to your spouse about it. And then, you know, a couple days later, we'll decide. I mean, that's just kind of the way that I take it. It's, it's anti-sales, if you will, because I wouldn't do that if I were doing it with anybody other than pastors. It is because right. I don't want to take your eyes off the prize. If God has called you to do one thing and I, I don't want you to be like, yeah, but this could be my answer. And then, you know, all your energy goes into it and what God's called you to has gone to the wayside. I want you to pray about it. Think about it. Make sure this thing is right. So yeah, if you're interested, head over to bivowebinar.com. If the the site is still up, then I'm taking people into the program. If it's not up, then I got my my small little group and I closed it off. So that's what I'd say. Head over to bivowebinar.com and check it out. Very cool. All right. Well, Pete, while they're watching all those webinars and trying to plant their church, where would they go <laughs> to make sure that someone's looking after all of the uh, church finances and it would be uh, simplifychurch.com over there with uh, Josh Henry. That's where they would Oh, Oh, that's easy. See, it didn't take long, and we already got that kind of help and wisdom from Mr. Pete Mitchell. That's <laughs> simplifychurch.com. They will handle all of your bookkeeping, your IRS compliancy, and uh, even a personal assistant. And, uh, yeah, you uh, should head on over there. And... Guys, thanks for joining us today. This has been Peyton Jones and Pete Mitchell reminding you, if you want to reach ones nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Magazine.com.